We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Live from the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park, Kansas, the KC Sports Network live postgame show is about to begin. KC Sports Network is the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. Millions of views, millions of podcast downloads, and the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. KCSN is where you want to be for news, commentary, and analysis with a collective perspective on the Kansas City Chiefs that can't be found anywhere else. With more than 15 hosts, analysts, and former players you've watched play putting out nearly 20 shows per week, KCSN is a network for today's fan. Now, it's time for the KCSN Live Postgame Show. Here's BJ Kissel from the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? This is the KCSN Live postgame show. I'm BJ Kissel, joined right now by Kent Swanson. And Tucker Franklin is producing this thing. And Maddie Lane and Craig Stout will be joining us here in a little bit. Because I know everybody is going to have thoughts on this game. And Kent, as we just talked through some of the top headlines here, a uh, couple quick things. First, obviously, Chiefs win 34-28 over the Broncos. Kent, going into this game, I said don't expect it to be a get-right game by the Chiefs offense because I have a lot of respect for the Broncos defense and what they have done so far this season. And I think the game, from a overall narrative standpoint, if you just would have seen it at the end and just kind of put it together, kind of ended how we thought. You're not going to feel great after this one. Just kind of survive. Hopefully there's no big injuries. Uh, but a pretty frustrating game for Chiefs fans considering uh, you get up 27 nothing and then basically lose 28 to, what, 28 to 7 uh, after that hot start. Saw someone say uh, the Broncos offense outscored the Chiefs offense today. Isn't that Back. great? I just, yeah. well, I didn't, you no, know, I, but. <laughs> I, you know, I, I kind of said, I think some point this week, I think it was on air. Like, I don't know if there's any sweeping declarations or any big takeaways you can have from this week, just survive in advance. But man, I didn't no. expect to feel like this <laughs> after this game, you know, just an, an incredibly fun 25 minutes of football to start the game. <laughs> and then the worst 35 minutes of football we've seen, 
from Patrick Mahomes from this Chiefs team in a while. Uh, just I, I, there's a lot to unpack now, you know. And I just, I just did not think we would be in a position where we would be having to have the kind of conversations that we're having today. I mean, and just reading, if you read through the comments so far, you, it's if if you didn't know the score of the game, you thought the Chiefs lost this one. It's not pretty. And the most important <laughs> thing is George Karloff just got a sack for the third straight game. So yeah. that's the most important thing right now, Kent. But yeah, it. It was a brutal game, and this is the point in the season for me personally. I, I don't not that I enjoy watching this, not that I'm gonna excuse it, but the team is who who they are at this point. Now it's just a matter of being healthy and feeling confident going into the playoffs. That game's not gonna help them get confidence, but they didn't lose. Doesn't seem like, and we'll hear from Coach uh, Andy Reid after the game uh, when he does his post game press. It didn't seem like there were any major injuries coming off of this. They have some guys. Uh, coming back hopefully pretty soon with Nicole Hardman uh, could be up next week uh, as far as the earliest he could come back. Hopefully Kadarius Tony can get back in the mix and there's some other guys. So uh, not excusing it away and not saying that if they play like this, they're going to be able to beat a playoff team. We know that, but it's a win. You move on and you hopefully go and play and, and pick up another win next week against Houston. Uh, we know what the schedule is down the stretch for the chiefs, but uh, yeah, I, there are some positives from this game. Some things that I think you can hang a hat on a little bit that, Six sacks by the defense. I just joked about George Karloftis, not nothing. Uh, but three interceptions from Patrick Mahomes. I know we're going to focus on that. We'll have Craig and Maddie join us here in a little bit. But I also want to mention this uh, because we should have off the top of the show. Obviously, we're not at the Kingdom Bar and Grill right now. Um, there's some personal stuff going on with the family uh, dealing with the tragedy. And it's not our news to share. But just know that uh, at least for the next couple of weeks, uh, we will be doing these live post-game shows remotely. Uh, hopefully get back into the Kingdom Bar, but those decisions are kind of out of our hands and things that are much bigger than football uh, and much bigger than where we do the post-game show. So uh, I want to put that out. Show is still sponsored by the Kingdom Bar. It won't be open uh, for at least another couple of weeks, I think. But uh, we'll keep everybody clued in. We love watching the games with you guys that come out, and we appreciate all your support. But I wanted to mention that. Um, Kent, what other main takeaways uh, do you have from this performance? Because, again, I don't think you're going to see a lot of development of what this Chiefs team is this at this point in the season. Um, obviously, you got to clean up the turnovers. Uh, we know we can't do that against a good team uh, and expect to win. But you know, what other main takeaways do you have before we bring on Maddie and Kent? Uh, right, Greg? I, I think alarm bells should probably be ringing a little bit about the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that was the most points that the Broncos have scored all year. Uh, there's some, there's some concern there. Uh, Mahomes, you know, he's not going to throw, I, I doubt he throws three picks, uh, again this year, but that was not a great performance, you know, coming off of, of, of the law, uh, of the loss to the Bengals. So, you know, those are, those are the two sticking points I think for me, but like, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more in depth with Craig and Maddie here in a minute, but yeah, those are the two things, both sides of the ball for me. Cool. Let's just go ahead and bring Maddie and Craig on right now and get into this a little bit. Tucker knows he'll jump in if we get any updates or anything from Andy Reid or any of the guys uh, during the postgame pressers. But let's bring on the crew as we're welcomed by Maddie Lane and Craig Stout, the other two thirds of the KC Laboratory. Maddie, let's start with you because I know you've got a take based on your eyes right now. What do you What do you got going on? What a roller coaster! I mean, in every sense of the word, I. I don't even know what to do with that game. It uh, <laughs> that game broke me in the middle of it. I think uh, yeah. just full on, full on broke me. I, I was rooting for the Broncos to score because I'd just rather see a shootout of fun because whatever the defense <laughs> was doing, not fun, not fun. Whatever Mahomes was doing was not fun. So just I was rooting for points 
only points. Didn't care about anything else, just points. The, the game <laughs> broke me. It broke me. I mean, it was so sloppy. So sloppy. Like, I, I, and it started so nice. Like, we were all sitting here. The game's, you know, 20 to nothing. Chiefs have scored on their first four drives of the game. Everything's going great. Defense has been able to limit the Broncos. Like, it looked like it should have. And then all of the wheels fell off. Every last wheel, all 18 of them, <laughs> fell off of the truck. And I think they picked I, some up just so they could fall off. And just so they could <laughs> drop them again. Yeah. No, that's that's scary if you're watching it as a Chiefs fan. I know we're all sitting here going, man, that leaves a bad taste in our mouth. That's why. You had a team. You had them dead in the water there. And not only did you allow them to claw themselves back, you kept shooting yourself in the foot on the way to doing it. It's not like you just played soft. You allowed them to go down the field. You, you gave them the ball too easy. You made it too easy on them. That is scary if you're watching this as a Chiefs fan. Do you do you guys remember, like, I don't know. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get the time stamp. Like, early second quarter, Mahomes pulls off a no-look pass. I forgot Underhanded. about it. Underhanded. I, for, I forgot about that play. And I, you know, like I said, try not to make sweeping declarations about this, about this game, right? You try not to make sweeping declarations about this teams because of this game, but also at the same time, <laughs> I'm looking in the chiefs may not lose a game. The rest of the season, their schedule is very favorable. After the what I just saw, buddy, I, every game's a 50, 50 shot. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Texans but on deck. There's a ch- there's a chance the table, and if they run the table, they are the one. There's a very good chance they're the one seed, and it feels. I sit here feeling like the expectations and the ceiling for this team are a little bit lowered after watching this game, after watching a repeat performance from the defensive side of the ball, by watching some of the offensive inconsistencies. It feels like the ceiling of this football team is a little bit lower than what we thought it was going into it. I can't believe I'm saying that, but like that's the feeling I get right now. Well, so you keep mentioning that this was the most points the Broncos scored all year. This is also the most points they gave up all year. Um, and there was a defensive touchdown. Thank you. To ra- the Raiders scored 32, <laughs> also with a defensive touchdown. So like that just tells you what this game was. This was the most points the Broncos scored all year and the most points they gave up all year. So like, you know, what, what are we doing here? Just, what are we doing here? I mean, um, it, it was it was so bizarre that, guys... The Chiefs defense allowed 4.6 yards per play. That's really good. Like, that's a really good number because they had so many sacks and turnovers, like so many <laughs> crucial, massive plays in this game, and they're all going to get overshadowed by the other, you know, 58 plays that weren't just complete tide-turning plays. This is, once again, I, I'm just kicking us right into the defense here because that's what everybody's going to want to talk about to start with here. I'm kicking us right in five third and or fourth and long conversions allowed by this team today to the Denver Broncos. Three of them happened on the first drive, two more right there at the end of the game that were big, crucial ones. The Chiefs did that against the Bengals last week, and that was my talking point coming out of that. It's like you can't allow third and longs when you get yourself into those rare situations you have to get off the field. They allow another five today. Now, they did better on third down today than they did against the Bengals, but the Broncos' offense is 
garbage, and they still <laughs> allowed five third late down and long downs. Like I, you can't do that as a defense. You can't do that and win games. Those are the downs you have to win on. You have to get off the field. They didn't again today. This is back to back weeks. This is now becoming a streak, and that's a. That's a scary, scary thing for if you get into the playoffs, you're seeing better quarterbacks, better offenses, and every stop matters. You can't get into those down and distances and not win as a defense. So the Broncos were, what, 7 for 19 on third and fourth down. Um, On the year, they were solid 27% um, conversion rate on third downs. Uh, In their last three games, they were a rock steady 23%. Um, And and then you add in the fact that how many of these were I mean seven plus yards ten plus yards that was it was that was bad um, and it was I guess it's the same as the offense too like we don't got to I guess bundle them completely separately here uh, there, the highs were good there were highs the the defense when the pass rush was clicking looked good like there was some drives you could put out like whoa the Chiefs defense figured it out but the lows were so low it looked worse than it did last week versus the Bengals and which they were completely dismantled. And yet somehow I can pull up some drives or stretches of this game where you could watch those back to back and think that, Oh wow, the Bengals, the defense versus the Bengals played all right. They just couldn't tackle. Guys, I want to, first of all, in the comments, please hit that like and subscribe button. If (laughs) the first time hanging out, but no, let us know in the comments on a scale from like BJ to Kent, like, where do you fall right now? Because Kent feels like the Super Bowl chances have taken a hit in his mind because of what we witnessed. And what I witnessed, and you talk about when we play those good quarterbacks in the playoffs and when we do this, we face those good quarterbacks in the margin of error in those games, just like it is for most NFL games where it's three to five to seven plays that make all the difference. Are the Chiefs good enough to what we thought they could have been coming into the season where all of a sudden that margin of error was like 10 plays? Maybe it's closer to five, but they're still every bit good enough to make those five plays and beat the teams like the Bengals, like the Bills to get to that point. And so that's where I'm at. It's like, yeah, it sucks. I'm frustrated right now. But the next time they line up on a different day against a different team, I'm not going to feel any less confident in their ability to win that game that day with that coaching staff, that group of players than I am. But that's not to excuse what we saw and all the mistakes that were made. But at the end of the day, they won the game. Stay healthy, move on. So let us know in the comments if you're closer to Kent. Did your uh, did your do you think that the Chiefs' chances in your minds of winning a Super Bowl have been lowered because of the performance that we saw today against the Broncos? It's a good question for the group. Maddie, I feel like you've got something to say. Um, no, it's not it's not okay. lowered for me because this game's just this game was just chaos. This game was just <laughs> absolute and utter chaos. I I mean, even just the Chiefs jumping out to such a big lead that they don't quite usually jump out to that big of a lead. I don't know if they were necessarily going, you know pedal to the floor or anything on the offensive side or the defensive side, but they were definitely trying to get out there and like say, Hey, yeah, we can still do this kind of thing. And then it fell apart. So like just everything about it was chaos. It's a divisional game in which the Broncos probably, I guess, gave their most effort that they have the majority of the season. I don't even know to say they played their best ball. Cause I don't know if that's true either. Um, I just think that it was just a weird game. So no, the, the one thing that does stick to me though, this is now a possibility for the Chiefs. Like what we saw for stretches here on the offense, the defense, this is 100% a possibility. So like that has to be in the back of your mind the next time you play a good team. What do the Bills do if the Chiefs defense plays like that? 
Or what does the Chiefs offense do if they play a really another really good defense in the same vein? It's not like the Broncos defense were playing entirely lights out post bye week. They were actually one of the worst passing coverage defenses. So I it, it's in the back of my mind, but it doesn't change my opinion. You know, AFC West game, you hope that it was just a wild, crazy game coming off of an emotional letdown versus the Bengals. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Keep sending those comments and let us know what you think. Uh, I didn't realize that I, I thought I'd be the only one. I thought everyone was going to be Team Ken. So it makes me feel a little better that not <laughs> everybody out there uh, feels like they're going to, you know, cash out their, their Super Bowl champion uh, bet slips uh, because of what we witnessed here today. But Craig, let's get your thoughts on this. And yes, for, I got a couple people asking. Uh, this is Five Farms. Thanks to our friends uh, up at West. And that is what I am drinking yeah. uh, tonight, Tyler. So appreciate the text. <laughs> No, I I mean, I, I'm a little more down on the defense than I was three weeks ago. You know, Spagnuolo's defenses typically get a lot stronger as the season goes along. And, you know, the Bengals offense, you don't feel bad about getting beat up by them. You feel bad about the way that you played. You're certainly better than that. Now this is a second one with a bad offense. It is a bad offense, and you allowed them – to kind of beat you in the most predictable ways. I mean, it took until one of the last drives of the game before Steve Spagnuolo went, you know what? We're not letting Jerry Judy beat us for that elusive fourth touchdown. You know, like it, I mean, he he made an adjustment eventually, but it took so long to get there. And it was almost like, Hey, we don't want to show that coverage because we, we want to just escape this game. And we want to save that for the playoffs. And we've now gone 14 weeks into the season. I've been waiting you know, for the coverage changes, for the modifications in the defense and the the step up from them, and we're not seeing it. And the tackling still wasn't good today. I mean, the pass rush, 
pretty good today, but that's a bad offensive line bad. and a quarterback that loves to hang in the pocket. So I, you know, it, more tendency for the Chiefs to be able to rush the passer and get after it. But a lot of the hallmarks, a lot of the problems are still there. And so the more times I see that, especially late in the year, the more I start to wonder. Are we getting that Spagnolo bump this year, or is this just it? I mean, he's yeah. 15th in points allowed on the season. This is looking like it's probably going to be the first year since he's been in Kansas City that he is not going to be top 10 in points allowed on defense. And I, I, because it's going to have to be a severe improvement over the next several weeks, like some seriously low scores to get there. And I just don't see the way that this defense is playing that they just have a real shot at that. The good news is there's some get right games though. So hey, maybe that this was maybe a get number, right game. You can't. Was I, so right. I didn't, there's no wait, get. No, right. Time out. Time out though. Time out though. We didn't. We did not consider this a get right game. We did not talk about this as a get right game. Maddie and I predicted ugly, ugly football games well, that were 21 and under points or something ridiculous like that. Half right. So, we did not predict. A, we 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 were not looking at this as a get right. Houston's supposed to be a get right game. We'll find out next. Not week. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. This is gonna sound weird, guys. Like I think I I think I, I'm crashing harder today because I think I was a little bit more optimistic before this game, and now it's just like I think I'm just navigating the emotions. I was still way too optimistic, and I think I'm just becoming a little bit more realistic about hey, like there are some <laughs> flatal flaws. To call it realistic. There's a I lot was. of instincts coming out. That, you start using we're like, oh, I'm just being realistic. No, you're no, just no, no, no. No, come was, on. I, I I think I I think I was overestimating this this defense a little bit. Uh and I had a little bit more belief. And I've just seen too much of a sample size at this point. Like I think that's the thing, is like the sample size keeps growing. Like you, like Craig, you're you're waiting for the other like theoretically, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, in in a in a positive regression, and it's just it doesn't seem like it's coming. You know, and that's gonna be that's what's gonna be fascinating. How can this team, you know, how can this team manufacture some pressure? Are they gonna have to manufacture some pressure? What's gonna happen at the back end of that defense? Some of that kind of stuff. Now, one thing I will say about the defensive side of the ball, I want to give them a little bit of grace here. They <laughs> sure kind of you, yeah. Look. Patrick Mahomes gave them some short fields. You I sure. Mean, sure did. They they were defending some short fields, especially in some you know late late game situations, sudden change and uh, and two minute drill, basically, and they get a touchdown out of it. You know, so like there, there's a little bit of that. Some things did normalize for stretches of the game, but you just you came away just kind of discouraged by the late late performance. But like, I feel like they they gave. They, they had to deal with some short fields, Matthew. Like, that's that's undeniable. Like, how much do you take into consideration with that with, when it comes to the defense? I, I think that sparked the the Broncos kind of, like, turning of the page offensively. Like, their offense was not really doing anything before they were given some, the short fields. And then they found a little bit of a rhythm, and they kind of started going. But and so one, like, I think that's still just another feather in the cap for, like, momentum does exist in sports. Like, once they saw stuff starting to work for them, they started playing more confidently, which led to them playing better football. But I also think they they figured out the secret. Um, the Chiefs could not cover <clears throat> Jerry Judy. Uh, that was that was the big play. They simply could not cover Jerry Judy. So with, outside the big screenplay, like everything else they were doing was just trying to find the way to get Jerry Judy the football, not matched up against LeJarius Sneed or Trent McDuffie. Anytime they could get 
him matched up on anybody else. They were trying to get him the ball. And so I do think that from the defense's perspective, they were put in bad situations and let the Broncos get rolling. They were then given the chance to flip that on its head or stop it, and they really struggled to do so. So it wasn't their fault it started, but they certainly did not help in kind of that snowball rolling downhill at all. No. And, I mean, I think some of the frustrations maybe come with the, the blitz did get home at times. I mean, we saw sacks from Darius Harris. We saw sacks from Juan Thornhill. So the blitz did get home at times, but the four-man rush was working. And there's an overload blitz called on a screen pass that's coming out to that side of the field. And the adjustment's not made. You know, who whoever that needs to be, if there's somebody up in the booth that needs to check that down, sees a formation tendency, surely the Broncos have shown that before. Nathaniel Hackett's offense hasn't exactly been revolutionary this season. Or Nick Bolton needs to spot that and kill it, or a defensive back needs to kill it. Instead, he's out there on his own having to defend, you know, a whole bunch of space because there's an all-out blitz on that side of the field. It's not Nick Bolton's fault that he's the only guy out there at that moment, but it's not there. It's just too many mistakes like that that are going to overshadow some really good games. Chris Jones had an excellent game. He was a monster mm-hmm. for a large portions of this game. Uh, George Karloftis probably had his best game as a pro. Really did. Was was a relentless worker on his first sack and created some havoc on some other plays, winning quickly. Not just a motor guy on some of those. And then Willie Gay with an awesome awesome highlight reel play jumping in the throwing lane swatting it to himself and then stiff arming you know russell wilson into the ground on the way to the end zone those are awesome plays those are excellent plays that unfortunately are going to get a little overshadowed because the chiefs had such a huge lead and allowed a team to claw back into it now it it does it really sucks because i i, I want to just harp on those plays but it's that element of it. If it would have happened the other way around, we'd be talking about only the good place here. But the fact that they they started out so hot and then just kind of fell apart there is the reason why it's so much of a focus this week. Chiefs are 10 and 3. <laughs> Tied for the top the best record in the AFC. I'm sorry. Bring it back. Like bring it are. back. I know. I didn't they have are. expectations. All I cared was no injuries, win the game and move on. I'm going to it's going to be the same thing against Houston. It's be the same thing for all the games throughout the rest of the regular season. They've lost three games by a total of 10 points against the boogeyman that we all seem to be worried about. And we're not acting like Buffalo fans scoring 20 points against the Jets at home aren't thinking, well, we can't do this against Mahomes in the playoffs. He's going to put up more. Like every fan base does this. There's no team out there that we're terrified of. We we faced those teams and we didn't make the three to five plays to make the difference. So stay healthy, be ready to go to get into it. And I'm just going to keep repeating that throughout this entire show. So anyway, can we go back? Let's go to the offensive side of the football. Who stood out to us? Uh, we talked generally about it, but let's let's single out some guys uh, that we thought provided a little juice. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco being one of those guys, 13 oh, yeah. carries for 70 yards in this game, uh, 5.4 uh, yards per carry average, and had three catches for 23 yards. As he kind of continues uh, to really not just be a nice complimentary piece, but really be like, I don't say a focal point, uh, but he, he's providing a lot of value uh, for the Chiefs offense right now. He certainly won. I mean, his running mate, Jarek McKinnon, uh, phenomenal game, mostly as a pass catcher on those mm-hmm. screens, kind of running them, setting them blockers up and everything going out on him. He had a couple good runs early on. Like I thought McKinnon played really good. Uh, we actually saw, I think on one of one of the pass plays, we probably saw his worst pass pro rep that we've seen of him as a chief too, where he just completely whiffed on a block. Mm-hmm. And I think it got Mahomes either sacked or made him rush the throw. 
But overall, I thought I thought he was good. I thought him and Pacheco were a really good one-two punch again out of the backfield. You saw Pacheco kind of running the game out down the stretch. We saw McKinnon getting in there on third downs, making a plays in the receiving games. Like that running back room seems like it's finally starting to come together. And the Broncos are a quality defense to see both of those guys have success on the ground and through the air in this game. You know, that matters. I think and that's back-to-back games now. We've seen kind of both of them make some plays. So that, that's good to start saying now. I mean, when they needed to kill the game off, protecting the lead, just trusting those two to keep running the ball and keep converting, that's a monster performance from both of those guys. Pacheco continuing to run angry. I'm so glad that they that they shouted out that segment on Good Morning Football because, yeah, Isaiah Pacheco is going to be on it for that very last run of the game, that 10-yard run. Just mm-hmm. killing it right there, right then and there. But Jet McKinnon came up big so many times as well. Uh, arguably his best game of the year as a chief as well. When things aren't always going right on offense, <laughs> you you want to see guys step up. And it was good to see the backfield step up. And it was good to see the offensive line step up, especially in the run game there. Trey Smith, my goodness. Justin Simmons is going to be having nightmares about Trey Smith tonight. <laughs> I mean, it really going to be having some serious nightmares because he obliterated him multiple times in the run game. What a performance by him. Creed Humphrey getting out on some of those screens. The screen game was, was super legit this week, and it was because of those guys getting out in front of stuff. So those, those four guys really had the best performances on offense for the Chiefs, and it was – it was really good to see them be able to lean on the run, be able to lean on the screen game, and be able to capitalize on all those things because those are things that we haven't seen as much this year. And when we do get to see them like that, it's just another way this offense can win. No one mentioned Noah Gray yet either, right? Not yet. Nope. I mean, three catches, 45 yards. He continues to have a really solid sophomore campaign too. I mean, if we're looking at – if we're being honest, I think the I think the skill – I think the, I think the offense – I think the offense played well in a lot. Like a lot of the offensive players played well, which is, you know, there's, there's one that didn't, but a lot of guys, I think, I think you had a pretty solid game. Like you're, you're looking at, we talk about Jarek McKinnon in those plays. Juju Smith-Schuster, nine catches, 74 yards. Travis Kelsey, 471. Noah Gray, 345. You know, Marquez Valdez-Scaling came in, came up big with that late catch and they, they ran the ball decently. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I I think there's a lot of guys that had very solid performance on the off- offensive side of the ball. Just a couple decisions. Mahomes is probably not gonna not gonna shy away from. He's gonna own them and and he's gonna want back. But man, I I think there were plenty of positive signs from the skill players too. I'm Maddie's Maddie's a little iffy, but I mean, you know, there's there's some there's some good performers in there. I thought individ- a lot of individuals played well. Um, I think I think my not bigger issue, but like my questioning is okay, Patrick Mahomes had some really good highs, had some really, really low lows. Travis Kelsey also dropped a few footballs that hit his hands that he normally doesn't drop. I think the offensive line, which is not always a strength, but in pass protection in terms of figuring out blitz calls and stuff like that is usually a strength. They seem to be on their heels a little bit trying to figure out what the Bron- what the Broncos were sending when they were sending them. Now it looks like Mahomes, once again, was excellent when the Broncos did blitz, but there was just a few times where the pass protection calls did not seem to match up very well with what the Broncos were sending. So like, I, 
I think there was individual performers that played really well and we pointed them out. There was obviously the really electric start to the game where the whole offense was working, but I do think some of the better players or better parts of the offense also were making some relatively big mistakes in this game. And it doesn't cause any hesitation, right? I'm not saying this is making me concerned about how good they can be. I just think it's worth noting that coming off of last week where the emotions were really high and they were really hyped going into the game, they came into this game and it almost seemed like there was a, I don't want to say a lack of like focus, but it just almost seemed like just something wasn't clicking between everybody. Not everybody was on the same page from the get go. We were seeing wide receivers and Mahomes being slightly off by a second or a yard or two. And Mahomes placement wasn't perfect, whether that's the routes or his throws and just a lot of little small mistakes that are like attention to detail stuff that I don't think they were executing highly on throughout this game. And I think that's why you had such an inconsistent performance from drive to drive or play to play. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. I think at this point we are missing um, the the horizontal stretch of McCall Hardman sure. and Kadarius Tony. We've seen enough elements mm. of this offense to really kind of see as we're watching this absolutely insane play that we we should we could have spent this entire time just talking about this play. This no look underhanded pass to Jarek McKinnon. That's that's outrageous. That's no. obscene. But we're here to I, complain because we didn't work hard enough. We're not here to complain. <laughs> I, th- I think that I think that we're missing some of that horizontal stretch because we're getting into the red zone. We're getting into some of these uh, short, second and short yardage situations where maybe we see some of that, you know, that bubble screen stuff where we see some of that jet motion where we see some of those push passes to those guys and we allow them to beat a guy on the edge and pick up, you know three, four yards, make it either an easier third down to get or convert a second and short. We're missing some of that from the offense right now for this Chiefs offense. And I, I I think this is the first game that I really saw it show up in a measurable way because everything was so compact in the middle of the field. There was nothing really challenging, you know, down the field vertically or challenging to the outside horizontally. And so that kind of compacted everything. Those are where the interceptions are thrown. That's where, you know, Patrick Mahomes trying to fit some stuff in there to Travis Kelsey, to Juju Smith-Schuster, and it just didn't quite work the same way that we've seen it. However, those guys will come back. We'll see them back. So I do think from an improvement standpoint, getting those guys back is going to make a massive difference for this theme and a massive difference for the weapons for Mahomes. All right, let's – we're having – 
Sorry, Matt, let me jump in here real quick. We're going to do the toast game segment and then we'll uh, wrap this one up, talk a little bit about what it means for the future. But we're having a fascinating social experiment in the comment section because yeah. about <laughs> half of you want everybody fired and the other half are like, it's, I would say half, uh, about a quarter, like it's fine. And then a quarter just mad and we can't really tell how they feel. Um, but yeah, I keep being called a company man. <laughs> it's like, I, I was a good fit for me when I worked in the cheese because it's honestly how I feel. Um <laughs> But anyway, let's do the toast game segment uh, presented by our friends up at Holiday Distillery. We've got a lot of fantastic products, one of which is their Five Farms Irish Cream that I'm drinking right now. Uh, but Tucker, let's roll this video. All right, that is the video. That's the new Ben Holiday bottle and bonded bourbon. Uh, thanks to our friends up at Holiday Distillery again. Uh, if it's the first time watching this, we've got this toast game segment. It's our MVP of the game, which is going to be fascinating uh, to know where everybody goes with this. Maddie, let's start with you. Oh boy, I was not ready. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I think he played. I actually think he made some really good plays. Um, the Chiefs last week. I was surprised they didn't get him more involved versus the Bengals, finding some soft spots in the zone. You saw this week why he's really good at that. He made some really good second reaction plays when Mahomes had to scramble. He was finding open spots in the zone. So when they want to give extra attention to Kelsey, he's there. He did exactly what you brought him in there for and made some really big plays, broke some tackles. So I think Juju Smith-Schuster looks healthy again. Nice to see a good game from him. I'm going to go with Willie Gay Jr. Um, that's a that's a tide-turning play from Willie Gay Jr. And honestly, one that I can't wait to talk to Derek Johnson about later this week because he's just <laughs> going to gush about that play later. But I, I well, the just too. an incredible singular effort by that guy to shut down the throwing lane, get his hand in there, come up with it, and bury Russell Wilson. Ends up being a very deciding factor in the game there and a t point in time where we didn't think it was going to be ends up being a massive one so toast to willie gay jr for that one. Oh, i am so so excited <laughs> that neither of you decided to talk about the tight end that is the fastest to ten thousand yards receiving in the national football league travis lavon kelsey Gets to 10,000 yards in his career. Uh, it just, again, it's just such a weird game, right? Like, this is just a weird one where a lot of things happen. The no-look pass. Travis Kelsey's the little, literal fastest tight end to 10,000 yards. We're talking about a lot of other different stuff. But congratulations, Travis Kelsey, for 10,000 yards receiving in your career. Well-deserved. Tight end one in Chiefs Kingdom. It's not even close. All right. Cheers. And... Ken, I'm surprised you didn't take this one, but at halftime, uh, we raffled off the 29 items for the winners of the Soul of Casey raffle. So my toast game is to everyone that donated and bought raffle tickets for yes. uh, our holiday toy drive that benefits Operation Breakthrough. On Friday, uh, we were able to go with a handful of the hosts on the different shows here at Casey Sports Network, go to Dick's Sporting Goods and spent over $21,000 on items that we turn around and handed uh, right to Operation Breakthrough, filled their truck up with plenty 
of gifts from Dick's Sporting Goods. Thanks to uh, all of the raffle tickets purchases. Thanks to a $5,000 donation from Dick's Sporting Goods, uh, which was matched by us at KC Sports Network. And uh, we've always said that giving back to our community was going to be a huge part uh, of what we do here. And uh, we're going to run this quick video, and then we're going to uh, talk about what this game <laughs> means going forward. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting conversation. So hang with us. Here's a quick video recap, though, of, uh, of what we did last Friday. Again, thanks everybody who donated and bought raffle tickets. You made a huge difference in the lives of a lot of kids that you might never meet uh, in the Kansas City community. But uh, we appreciate uh, kind of being the facilitators of it and having a small part to do with local businesses providing items for us. And then obviously the community uh, supporting us and supporting the idea that we have there. So appreciate everybody. And my my toast is to everybody who donated. So thank you. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little bit. There we go about what this means going forward for the Chiefs. Um, let's go around the other way. Kent, let's start with you. Um, yeah. yeah, to kind of know how you feel going forward, but but what do you do going into Houston? What are you expecting? What do you want to see next week to, to feel a little bit better? I mean, I again, like I don't I don't think it's a sweeping declaration game for Houston, but yeah, just like just play a clean football game, you know, protect the football, eliminate some of these mistakes that they're making. Hopefully you're you know, better connected uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, continue to get a little bit more pressure, showing some signs and so, showing some improvement with your front four, because I mean, you're right, Beach. this is what you are at this point. This is, this is the group that you're going to be rolling with uh, into this season. So I, I think, you know, you just want to see this group continue to respond, you know, hopefully they can put a good game together and a clean game together. And you, th th she should be heavily favored in this game. I know what we're, we're, we're all talking about all this. They still should be heavily favored cover. Go cover. Go cover this game. Just go take care of business uh, and, and continue to try to build, you know, towards towards the playoffs. As I said last week, it's not doom and gloom. It's obviously not doom and gloom because they beat another division rival. And if the Dolphins take care of business tonight, as we're recording this, it's before that game, the Chiefs could win their seventh straight AFC West. And guess what? If they win next week, they do, regardless of what happens tonight. So this is still an excellent football team. And the reason that we that we spend so much time on some of the things is because these are self-inflicted mistakes. And that's the key part of all this. It's self-inflicted. Patrick Mahomes called that third interception. Oh, that was bad, bad. Like, it <laughs> said, that was awful. That was bad, bad. He knows it. They know they got to clean it up. This is a team that knows that they're better than this. And I think that you see them get a little bit tight at times because of that. Go out, put on a couple of really good performances on both sides of the ball. And it doesn't have to be in the same game, but mount a couple of them throughout the close of this. Prove to yourself that you can do it again and everything's fine going into the playoffs. They're good enough to do this. Patrick Mahomes carried a worse defense than this defense to the AFC championship game in his first year of starting, believe it or not a way worse defense than this. <laughs> they will be fine. They're going to be right there when it all comes down to it. 
So it doesn't really change the major outlook of it. Just build as the season ends here, a couple of good performances on both sides of the ball. Hold on. Say that again. Because I need a non-company man to say everything's going to be fine. <laughs> everything's going to be fine. <laughs> everything's going to be okay, everybody. The big company man, though. Um, okay, <laughs> so sometimes I think you got to like take a step back and look at the big picture. We all knew coming into this year that this Chiefs team was going to have some difficult times because of all the new faces and all the new pieces. And this was something that was you know brought to my attention, brought up after the Bengals game. And you have to realize the Chiefs lost the Bills and the Bengals by one score each this year with all these new pieces that probably should have been expected entering the year. Why were we so upset that that kind of happened? Then you're sitting here coming into an AFC West game, a divisional game against a, a rival off of that emotional dump, that emotional letdown versus the Bengals. Why would this game not be weird? Why would this game not be difficult? Like what was the rationale? What would be the reason that this game was not going to have something crazy just because the chiefs jumped out to a relatively early lead and, it wasn't fluky by any means, but it's not like they were playing their best football of all time to get to that 27 to nothing lead. Just things happened to fall their way and there was some good play, but why would we expect this game not to be close down the stretch? So like, I don't know. I don't moving forward. I'm, I'm with you too, BJ. I'm not concerned. I don't think there's too much to take away from. I think this is a little bit of a hangover from the Bengals game. That was a lot of emotion that was put into that game. Mm. You come out into this game, things are going well. Maybe you do take your foot off the gas. Hey, we just got beat by our biggest rival a game that we really wanted. We're now up 27, nothing. Maybe we can coast a little bit. And then all of a sudden the Broncos who really, really care to beat you because they're tired of losing to you 80 times in a row, make a drive and push back into it. It's going to happen. So don't take much from this. If this happens again next week versus the Texans and it looks this weird, okay, then we can have a conversation. But after just this one, no, take a step back. You're coming off of a big emotional game, then playing a rivalry game at a, at a weird-ish time, the mountain time zone there. It's like, just whatever. It is whatever. Not <laughs> Chaos game. Yeah. I. And again, I'm, it's not excusing, you know, that not saying that everything's fine. Like it, like these, there aren't issues with this team uh, or that we haven't seen this or that we could see this again. It's just, they go out there in a playoff atmosphere is going to be a different mental vibe than it was going on the road and playing a horrible team on the road and getting up 27 to nothing and that they are human. Uh, do I think that that comeback is going to be the reason why if they lose in a playoff game, like we knew this from the Broncos game. Yeah. You could say that they lose just because everyone loses except for what the 31 teams lose uh, obviously before the end of the season. And, you know, to when it only one team finishes the season happy, I should say it that way. So uh, it's not to excuse all of that, but stay healthy, continue to do the things that you need to do to pick up those wins, put yourself in a position to get that first round by to have everybody come to Arrowhead because there's no perfect football team out there that isn't having issues. And people are discussing just like we are with their teams, but we are that boogeyman to them. It's like, we have to go play these guys uh, because they know that the margin of error, even when we play horrible and lose is still three points in just a handful of plays. Uh, so yeah, for me, the biggest thing is Patrick Mahomes can't make those kinds of mistakes because those weren't deflected passes. Those were fitting things into tight windows. Those are the things that could come back. But do I think that this is going to be a consistent thing that we see from Patrick Mahomes? No, but that's the biggest takeaway for me. That was an issue in this game were those because it gave the defense a short field, brought all the momentum back into this game. And without those, this game isn't close. And yes, they do win by at least nine points and I win my bet. Uh, but I didn't because I only won by six. So, sorry, buddy. 
pull the Tucker there, uh, <laughs> talking about bets. But all right, before we let everybody go, give one final thought. Uh, we'll go around the horn and finish this one up. Again, we appreciate all you for hanging out with us. Uh, hit that like and subscribe button. We'll have plenty more content uh, between now and the game next week against the Houston Texans. Uh, I got a lot of content here on the old YouTube channel, or if you're following us on podcast, hit that follow button. Maddie, let's start with you. Just final takeaway uh, as we wrap this one up. Uh, the Chiefs go out and absolutely wax the Texans next week. I think this was an emotional letdown game. I think they bounce back and you get the Andy Reid Chiefs team that is headed for a strong playoff push. Not saying that means they're going to win every single game or win the Super Bowl, but I think you kind of start to see them turn it up a little bit now. And I think this was kind of the last ugly, ugly speed bump that you're going to see. And it starts next week. You did great. You did. Oh, that's twice. I keep no. coughing into the microphone, so I'm saving <laughs> the good people out there's ears here. No, um, this is now enough weeks in a row that we've seen Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon look good as the tandem on the field, the top two backs. I don't think that there's any worry going into January and February about the Chiefs' ability to get production out of their running backs. And as a matter of fact, I think it's just getting better. So, uh, you know, this is an awesome game for them. It's an awesome building block for the run game. Hopefully Andy can trust it more, especially after it closes out a big game like this. Go Dolphins. The Chiefs can uh, land AFC West champions again. Uh, they could land in KC AFC West champions again. So hopefully there's some hat and t-shirts on those on that plane because there's a chance that they could be the AFC West champs again for the seventh straight year by the time they get home. Beautiful. Uh, I think for me, the final end of the regular season is setting those stay healthy and set this thing up because I really want Cincinnati to come to Kansas city. I want the Bengals to be favorites going into that game. I want, I will have more FOMO for that game than probably any game that I've never not been to at Arrowhead because of the way this thing is setting up. So my takeaway, glad the guys stay healthy. Shout out. Kent, you mentioned it earlier to Travis Kelsey, uh, not only hitting 10,000 yards, uh, receiving, uh, becoming only the fifth tight end in NFL history to do that. He did it the fastest of any player in NFL history by 37 games. So basically two seasons faster uh, than the next guy, which is Tony Gonzalez. Um, so shout out to Travis Kelsey. And then obviously got his seventh straight thousand yard season, which was already an NFL record for tight ends. And it has been uh, since Patrick Mahomes was a sophomore at Texas tech. Uh, is when that streak started. So again, we appreciate all you for hanging out. We know that this was not the most fun game to watch for the Chiefs, but they did get that victory. They are 10 and three and tied for the best record in the AFC, which at the end of the day, it's all that really matters. They won that football game and hopefully again, no huge in injuries coming out of that one, but we'll have more content for you uh, coming up this week at KC Sports Network. And uh, that includes the live laboratory Monday night with these three guys uh, going live on our YouTube channel at eight o'clock. So again, hit that like and subscribe and turn notifications on because we'll have plenty more content throughout the week. But we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Go Chiefs. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.